Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. You know, it's October and there are many things about October I like, the change of the seasons, uh, the, the colors in the, in the trees, and one of my favorites is now I live in the Seattle area and every 31st it rains here, but that's okay. Um, because the 31st is Halloween and, uh, I have a young lady that we're going to be talking to this hour that is sensational at what she does and she's very gifted and, um, she's also just a really nice person. And so, uh, Isabel Maxwell, welcome to positive talk. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. I really have been looking forward to talking to you again. And you're so flattering. Gosh. <laughs> well, but it's so true. I, I, because you're doing, you're doing a lot of things to help us understand more about ourselves, the world we're in a lot of different aspects of, of humanity in, in a real positive way. And, um, and you help people. I love people who are dedicating their lives to helping people. When did that start for you? When did you decide that I think I'm going to help folks or do, or, or have you always been this way? I would love to say I've always been this way because it would look really good, <laughs> but Actually, no, I disagree because every <laughs> life is a process. Life is and a process. And it's a journey and it's based upon our experiences. And your experiences led you to the person that you are today. At least that's my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm actually, you've, you've caught me in the beginnings of writing my second book. Okay. And it speaks to this. So if we go back in time, I was raised to, to achieve. I was raised that that's my value. I was raised to uh, do, do, do. I get it. Thank you for those tools. I do appreciate them. However, I wasn't really raised in a very compassionate um, or giving kind of environment. Now I was 32. So I'm trying to, I'll give you the shortest version. I was 32. I was, I have a degree in mathematics. I ran companies, all that kind of stuff. 32 years old. My grandmother passes away across the country. I wasn't able to be there. That same day, middle of the afternoon, she showed up in spirit form. I was a complete skeptic. And there I was standing there looking at my grandmother, who was like 70% solid, scared the bejesus out of me. And uh, I thought it was grief. The signs were off the charts and they just kept coming. I opened up to the possibility that there might be something more. And next thing I know, I'm working with spirit guides. I'm seeing more. I'm connecting with more intuitively. I become a professional intuitive. I also start doing, um, so I'm doing readings professionally starting back in 2008 and, um, readings, clearings, working with people. And then I started to help people learn how to open up their tuition. Cause I intuition, cause I am the poster child of if I can do it, anyone can. And it's very true. And I've been working with people all across the globe. With that said, it was the readings and the clearings. It was working with actually the deceased. It was working with spirits coming through um, their emotions, how they felt, how they process things that I actually learned compassion. And it was in that work that I started to really sort of wake up to the, to the being connected everyone's connected. I woke up to that. I, I get it now, <laughs> but it, it, it brought out the best in me. Let's put it that way. Yes. I've always been kind and I've always been, you know, considerate and giving, and I like to joke about it, but it really brought out the best in me. And now I understand the reward internally for putting yourself out there and being able to help. You know, it's, I've been doing this. I'm not sure if I told you this part. Uh, I started this in 2003 and mm -hmm. in 2002 on, a, on, when we were, we were doing a small show on KLAY in Tacoma and we were going around different places and we were looking for 
uh, people to appear on the show and, and others to sponsor it and stuff. And we went into this place in Auburn, no longer exists. Um, and we were talking to the owner and, um, and about the show and about what we were going to talk about. We were going to talk about meditation and spirituality and uh, how you can, uh, how it can literally change your life for the better. And, um, and she said, just a minute. So she goes into the other room and she comes back holding the hand of a gal by the name of Kim Miller, who was a psychic medium. And she said, you need to talk to this person. And so we did. And, and she became a very fast friend of mine. She's been a friend for 20 some odd years now. And, but more importantly, um, she introduced me to the world of mediumship, which I had never been never really even gave it much thought. I grew up Lutheran and that was considered of the devil as was meditation and, and anything like that. And, uh, and so I got to be on the air with her and it, it was, I got to tell you, it was so funny because the first show I did with her, the, the station manager comes in and he says, I got to tell you guys that probably nobody's going to call. Because, you know, it, and our audience is large, but uh, they're not activated and they don't call very much. And so we said, okay. And uh, um, so the, uh, the way they had it set up is the control room was in a different room. And so the guy, if, a, if the phone rang, the guy would have to run down the hall to tell us that the phone had rang. And so we could <laughs> pick it up and, and stuff. And, well, you know where I'm going with this because I announced that... Uh, and we called it Spirit Talk at the time. And they said, it's, and we're having another episode of Spirit Talk. And today we have a fabulous psychic medium. Her name is Kim Miller. And here's the numbers if you want to call. And the phone, there's a little light in the corner that if the phone rings, that's all we know is that. So he, uh, we hear these footsteps running down the hall. Um, and he said, you got to call, you got to call. And so we took the call, he ran back and then there was another call. So we had to run back and then we had to come up with a, a sheet for the calls that were waiting and stuff. And he said, I've never seen anything like this before. It's because everybody, a lot of people are interested yes. in that work. Um, and they would like to know more about it. It's mysterious to them, but I got to tell you, it, it, along with you and, and many others, uh, John Edward, and John Holland and many, many others, I've had the opportunity to interview and to see them work. It's real. If you have a question about it, stop it. It's, it is real. There is another, the other side. People are able to cross over and to talk to us. And, uh, it's, and I, I, I am, a, I'm absolutely, I'm not only a firm believer, I know it's the truth as do you now. Yeah, I've had so much proof that at some point you just have to just say, okay, I'm in, I get it. You know, and I was to go from skeptic to where I'm at today. And for the skeptics out there, they're like, oh, proof. Well, what do you define as proof? Is it coincidences? No, it's a message coming through saying this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen and then watching it unfold within a matter of hours. So, you know, predictions that that come up that you're like, all right, that one's really unusual. And at some point you just start to step into it. But if I could speak on the doubt piece for a minute, because this is huge. This is really big. I experienced this really intensely where I opened up. Ridiculous layers of proof would come in. And then the next day I would wake up and I'd go, is this stuff even real? And it was, it's kind of comical because my husband at the time was, was, you know, my partner in witnessing all this unfold. And I would, I started doing readings and I remember even we're talking two, three years into this, I'm doing readings and I'm getting these messages coming through that are so specific or different or unique. And I would come home and I would share them, you know, with my husband and say, wow, you know, you, you can't make this stuff up, man. This, this just came through today. And then the next day I would wake up and be like, is this real? And I remember my husband at the time going, seriously, really? Do you remember what you just said to me yesterday? And I got, I, I, so at one point there was one that was so distinct in a reading that it was like, well, this is it. I can never doubt again. 
I can never doubt again. And I mean, it was distinct to where like the woman that was her grandmother came through in spirit form was holding a poodle and was feeding the poodle green beans. And I took the absolute courage it took to tell my living client this. And she was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's my grandmother. And that was her dog. And she fed it green beans. And my brain is like, you can't make that up. Like, that's not something that you can even put together. So I tell my husband at the time, I go to bed a couple days later, I wake up and he was like, seriously, poodle eating green beans. I'm done. I don't want to hear you doubting again. And, and I laughed and it was, but from that point on what I did, and this is what I tell people to do. Um, I wrote these really intense and they, they're not constant. They don't happen all the time. It's not like television. Okay. But mm -hmm. when a really strong thing comes through that you're like, wow, I can't make that up. Write it in a journal, find a journal that is specifically for that and put all of your quote big hits or big connections in there. I thought of this person, they called five minutes later, write that in that journal. Here's the problem that we have as humans. Our brain is wired in a certain way. Our synapses literally fire in the direction of doubt if we have a lifetime of doubt. And so you have synapses firing in a, in a habitual pattern for years. And then you have this one moment happen and the synapses slip over to the other direction and they're like, wow, this is real. But within 24 hours, your brain is going to go back into the habit forms that it had before, that it was, that it's used to where it's comfortable. And the synapses are going to go back in to the habit of doubt. So doubt is not something that someone should ever feel bad for having. They need to see that part of doubt is the habit. And if you have this notebook, you can start to review the notebook. You can, when you have doubt, you can look at that notebook and go, no, 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 there's something here. And it's a habit. It's a rewiring of the synapses. And it's a habit to bring yourself into the reality that you're actually in. You know, you're, you are so true. And the, that is so right. I highly suggest people get to get that journal and start writing that stuff in because you just yeah. don't know. My favorite yeah. story that absolutely cemented it to me. Mm-hmm that it was true was uh this was less than a year i'd known less kim less than a year we are now on kknw and 11 50 a.m doing positive talk radio two hours a day five days a week and she's a regular guest and we have her do readings and stuff with the end of one of her show and at the very beginning like two weeks in um at the end of the show my my sister-in-law had passed away she'd had a, a heart defect and and so she passed away at 40. And so I asked him on the air, so does, does um, uh, Sandy have any messages for us? And she said, well, typically for me, and I don't know how it is with everybody, but she said, typically for me, if they've only been on the other side a couple of weeks, they're very busy doing a lot of different things. And so I don't generally get any messages from them. But she says something about yellow roses. Mm -hmm. And so... Yep. I go home and I asked my wife and you knew Sandy pretty well. And she said, yeah. Um, did, did she ever, what was her favorite flower? And she said, well, I don't really know. And so, well, I, I told her the story about Kim and uh, um, she said yellow roses. And so my wife went and looked to try and find some yellow roses to take to my brother because we were going to the uh, memorial service that weekend. Couldn't mm -hmm. find any yellow roses. Uh, so she she found some carnations that were yellow, so we took those. And so I've, then we asked our, our, my brother-in-law, who was married to her for 20 years, what was her favorite flower? And he said, I really don't know. Uh, she liked a lot of different flowers and stuff. And um, so we go to the service, and we're all dressed in suits. Her side comes roaring up in Harley Davidson's and are all in their colors because that's the kind of different families that they came from. Yep. And I'm I'm looking at in the, we were going to go in and there was going to be a service uh, at this uh, um, facility. It's the same place where Jimi Hendrix is buried in mm -hmm. in Seattle. If you're if you're curious, you can go there. And <laughs> uh, um, and so I, I looked over there and somebody was delivering flowers. Made me think. Okay, so yellow roses. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah. And, and and so we go and we sign in and everybody's you know uh, being very nice and and we go and we sit down and I stop 
go into the in the chapel and I stop because in the front of the chapel is a uh, an expensive flower vase that's got a bunch of different flowers, but it's highlighted by yellow roses. Yep. But more, but more importantly than that was there was an easel next to it. And this easel had to be a $500 piece. Um, and it was all white carnations, except in the middle was a heart that was yellow roses. Yep. And it's like, that was her way right. of letting us know that she was going to be there. Yeah. She was aware of all of that and she was going to be there. And so for me, that was like, okay, Kim had never met him, never met her, had no idea who they were. And it's just like, she pulled it out of her rear end. And it's just like that. And, but it was real. It's absolutely mm-hmm. real. It's, it's my favorite story of all time because it solidified for me that you don't need to have doubt about such things because they're real. Exactly. The synchronicities, you know, and someone has, multiple people have said, you're just connecting things. You're looking for things, you know, and I understand that the way that our brain is wired, I understand if we decide we're going to go buy a Ford Taurus car, then all of a sudden all you see on the roads are Ford Taurus. I do understand that we have that, but that kind of, but there's not yellow roses everywhere, you know, and, and to pick out something. So yes, the yellow roses were powerful, but the emblem, the, the design on that easel, a heart made out of yellow roses is pretty significant. So it's, when those things start and they do, they start happening more and more frequently and you just, you can't, they come through in ways that you can't make it up. You know, I had a client recently whose um, her husband had passed and he was on the other side and he came through and he said, I want to talk about our children. And she goes, I only have one kid. We only had one kid. And I was like, he's showing two grown kids too like not like little these were these were grown kids and i said i your daughter i can see that he's talking about your daughter and i'm like but there's a man standing right next to your daughter and they feel very bonded and i'm like it almost feels like oh i said i don't maybe it's not her sibling because she doesn't have one maybe it's her soulmate because that and then that felt right intuitively i was like yeah it definitely feels like best friend soulmate type man, you know, they're her partner. And the woman says she doesn't, she doesn't have a partner. She doesn't have a male best friend or a partner. And I, and so I'm, I'm looking at the dad in spirit form going, dude, <laughs> you keep showing me here. this. I can't change. And so, you know, with love, that's what I said. You know, I can't really, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't tell you anything differently other than how this is coming through. I can tell you that it feels really good that this is a great connection and he's watching over them. And she's like, okay. And then we went into the rest of the the session. A couple days later, I get an email from her and she said, I showed my daughter that night, I showed my daughter the recording of my session. And that's when my daughter said, yeah, ma, I got something to tell you. That day, while we're having the session, she met her soulmate. <laughs> and and she's like, so I should probably introduce you to him because you know about him. And, you know, it's, it's things like that that really aren't coincidence. It's that's where, you know, I, I can't, I can't, because I can't recall that ever happening in any other reading. Right. So it's not a common occurrence. And that's when your synchronicities become unique and you should probably start paying attention to them. It was really sweet. It was really sweet. It's like dad knew before mom knew and and dad's on the other side. That's kind of fun. That is that is. And it just goes to show you that that when we think that um, when we die, that they go away. That's really not true. They're involved with us and they continue to watch us over, over time and, yeah. and what we're doing. And, and that's right. And I, I've, I've done so many readings with people that are really gifted that 
I'm I'm absolutely positive. You know, and some people I was having a conversation with a um a scientist of some kind. I don't know what her specialty was, but she was like, Well, you know, they do cold readings. And she said, You know oh. what a cold reading is. Yes, I do. And I can I can give you an example of one. They're really fun. <laughs> They're and I mean that with all sarcasm. They're just I I my apologies. I get very angry at people that do cold readings. So go ahead. Sorry. Yes. And, and, uh, and she said, well, that's, that's how the psychic works is they pick up on clues or they go on Facebook or they, 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 they figure out, um, body language and stuff like that. There's really nothing psychic about it. And there's no, there really is nothing on the other side. They can't prove it. Science says we can't prove it. So if I can't prove it, then that doesn't exist. And I said, well, (laughs) you're in for a surprise. And, uh, um, and so, um, I had the opportunity to interview John Edward, uh, who's the psychic medium out of New York. Yes. Yep. And we, and we are, we're talking, he was coming to Seattle. This was right pre COVID. So he was going to come to Seattle and he wanted to get some publicity. So he came onto my show. They found me and they came on and I set up several calls because I wasn't sure that my reach was big enough for a bunch of people to call in, though they, they should. So I said, hey, John Edwards coming on. Do you want to come on? The first one was, was my sister. So yeah. I know her story. I know her story very, very well because we grew up in the same house. Mm-hmm. And so John starts talking to her, and he, he t- talks about my grandfather on one side and the grandfather on the other side and my and what my dad died of and, and stuff. And, she, and she, he said that uh, May is a very important month for you. That's her birthday, her grandchild's birthday, her other grandchild's birthday, and her daughter's birthday are yeah. all in May. And then she said, uh, there's something with the name of, with the first letter R that's very close to you. And... Uh, my brother's name was Randy. He's passed on now, but it's, his name was Randy. She said, well, well, my brother's name is Randy. She forgot that her husband's name is Roger. And, <laughs> yep. and, and there's no doubt. And I was checking these things off and I was, and he had just gotten on the phone because he does this all the time. He just got on at the top of the hour, left at the bottom or at the top of the next hour we didn't have a conversation outside of the show. There is no way that he knew who she was, but he was so dead on. Um, yeah. And, but even she, a couple of days later said, well, he got lucky on some things. And it's like, really? But that's yeah. the human way, isn't it? So we do all do that. It is. It's the human way. Um, John Edward is, you know, much like myself was tested, you know? And so there are, there are, places and things that you can do to go. And so he went through testing just like I did. And uh, when you have a percentage that's accuracy, that's in the 70, 80% accuracy, that's, that's something to look at. And when I mean testing, I mean like double blind testing, you know, where a sitter gets interviewed by the first person. And then that first person turns it into a series of numbers, gives the numbers to the second person. And then the second person gets the reading from me. You know what I mean? So there I'm hoping I'm only bringing this up because I'm hoping more platforms, more universities, more places like this start to do more testing because you do have the scam artists. And I got to tell you, I am not a fan And if you're ever one, don't start a conversation with me because it's not going to end well for you. I am not a fan because this is an, this is a, an area and a pathway to be connective and helpful and compassionate and make a difference. And people slide in there and scam people. And there are people that literally do it solidly knowing exactly what they're doing because they're playing off of fears and they're sparking with cold reading techniques. They're sparking things. You know, my joke is, is that you've got someone in the family named Tom, someone in the family named Mary, there's a farm, someone died of a heart attack and someone was a smoker. There's your cold reading. Yeah. Almost everyone that just heard that went, I know who she's talking about. I'm not talking about anybody. That was completely cold. That was, that was using all the general, you know, kind of pieces that would hit most like Americans, everyone's got Tom, everyone's got Mary, everyone's got a farm connection, everyone's got a heart attack connection, you know? And so people using, using those techniques, 
is it can be really harmful. And I also tell people like if anyone tells you anything scary, they're probably not legit because the stuff that comes through is helpful, not hurtful. Things that come through that's actual legit, they don't, they don't tell you things that scare you. But, you know, sometimes people just have to know that and discern. It's hard to discern, isn't it? I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm walking down the road here of wanting to be helpful on how to do this. Like, how do you find, and I just, it's, it's difficult. So get a referral, get a referral. Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, my understanding is if you're talking to somebody and they're telling you what's going to happen in the future, what, how, um, who you're going to marry, how much money you're going to have, all that kind of stuff because of free will there's that can be one outcome but that isn't the outcome and it could be one of many things but some people and a fortune teller so if, if somebody wants to read your fortune about the future i'd i'd, I'd pass mm -hmm. yeah for me when it comes to predictions if they start coming through because i do get them actually but i don't usually get them beyond a year or two because it's true. This is free will. And people, you know, people can make a decision and go this way and go that way. I mean, if you want to really go deep with this, <laughs> we come down here and we think we have one life. We actually are, you know, every chance we have of making a big decision is going to splinter into two different trajectories. By the time you're done experiencing all of the different possibilities, there's this massive number of life paths, conscious trails, trajectories, however you want to say it. And if you tell somebody, here's what I'm, you know, if they pick up a future prediction off of one conscious path, but then that person that you're talking to decides to continue their consciousness on a different trajectory, they're not going to experience that. That's in essence, kind of a description of free will when you think of it in an unlimited perspective. And so when you tell people, here's what I'm seeing, a really good reader will say, here are the components that are getting you there. The, if this and this and this unfolds, this is going to unfold. It's, it's much more like here's the direction you're heading and here's a possibility. But yeah, getting too solid on predictions can be tricky because then the accuracy will go down because the options are Options are a plenty. <laughs> well, and speaking of which, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you this because um, this has been rattling around in my brain a little bit, and I, I believe it to be true. Uh, and that is that prior to us coming here, we have, actually have a plan. We have an idea of what we want to accomplish while we're here. Mm -hmm. And we are surrounded by a bunch of other people that are also invested in the same plan that we would like to do, mm -hmm. um, or they're going to be a minor player or a major player in our life coming up because of the lessons that we can learn together and how that it works for each of us. Um, and I've had two instances in my life where I had people come into my life. Mm -hmm. They become fast and furious friends. We accomplish we go someplace or do something that, and then, and it's, it's a decision that I have to make and they help me make that decision or put me in the position to make that decision. Once that decision is made, they fade away. One yeah. was 30 years ago and the other one was 20 years ago. One of them got me on the radio and the other one got me to go to school and I had no earthly idea what I was going to do, but the, they got me to the place where I could make the decision to go back to school, which is where I met my wife. I got my kids out of it, the house, the whole thing. And it changed the, the, the direction of my life. And I, it's clear. It, yeah. it wasn't ambiguous. Did those, was that something that we set up prior to coming here? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're on linear time. And we're not on linear time on the other side. So when we come down here, it's for our higher selves on the other side. It's kind of more of like a blip. It's, it's we're going to send a life down and it's going to come back. So 
our true existence really is through our higher self on the other side and the higher selves that are closest to us. And this is when we start to talk in terms of form, we kind of lose, you know, the understanding of, of the other side, but, but we kind of also have to talk in terms of form to be able to conceptualize, but those closest to us on the other side are going to be our soulmates. They're going to be our family members in each of the lifetimes that we come down here to have. And sometimes they're scheduled to come in at a particular point and then head out in a different point. That's called, you know, a soul contract where you'll, you've had, you run into someone and you're like, we are instant friends. I've known you forever. I don't know why, but we need to be friends. And that's the connection that can happen. And then you can, you can go your separate ways. It happens every single time. There's like a blueprint that you create when you come down here. This is the blueprint of my life. And while you're here, you fill in all the details. But if there is a third bedroom in this blueprint next to the hallway of a, you know, the chef's kitchen or whatever, and your buddy on the other side has that same you know, area in that household, they're going to come in in a particular point in your life, share time with you, uh, connect with your blueprint, with their blueprint kind of thing. And then when that's done, they'll move on. The, and these two guys that I'm talking about, one I haven't seen in 30 years, the other one in 20 years, um, and uh, we'll never have contact again. And so that happens all the time in our lives, and we tend to take it really personally. Yeah. Um, like, why did they leave me? Why didn't, are they not friends? And, but you can't, because that may have been their their contract, their life purpose of what they were doing. So it's mm -hmm. it really is important to talk to somebody like you who is inversing who understands these concepts so that it doesn't become such a hurtful thing uh, even even high school sweethearts or yeah. or people that we fall in love with that they're there for a very short period of time they're there to try and give us something or mm -hmm. to cause something in us that we then spend the rest of our time trying to figure out why it was that way and to overcome those things does that that also happens doesn't it it does and it it's heartbreaking to disconnect and that's a very human process that we do got to also talk through and work through and it's very real uh, but on the spiritual side it it is true you know, my high school best friend taught me so much and I'm so grateful for who I am because I was with her because we were inseparable. Right. And then we go on and we go, I go to college. She goes in a different direction and we, there's this undying love for each other. I think she's one of the best human beings on the planet. hope she still feels the same way about me. Just kidding. But we will reach out randomly every like two years and be like, what's going on? We should get together. And we never seem to get together, but there's nothing also wrong with that. So it's hard to explain it. It's just another soul that's a, a soulmate of some sort. But in this life pattern, the patterns aren't scheduled to connect again. So yeah, it's um understanding soul contracts can be very helpful. Cutting energetic ties from a soul contract that has ended can be very, very helpful. That's how we say it in the spiritual world. In the human world, it sounds like setting healthy boundaries and moving on and, you know, closing that chapter. All of these things are really, really important for our growth. Speaking of growth, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's amazing when I do this show, somebody will say something and it will segue me, segue me right into the next thing that we're going to talk about. That's the good we stuff. <laughs> which is uh, growth, because you have experienced growth in your life, in your work, and you're doing something that's called the SAGE method. Yes. Um, and you also have the SAGE circle. Um, explain to me what the SAGE method is. The SAGE method, it's wild. It's, it's become such a thing. And I'm really grateful for it. And I get to just be every, I get to be everyone's cheerleader. So this is like the best job on the planet. Um, the Sage Method is a seven-week intuitive development course, and it came to be because those first two years that I was learning how to open my intuition, 
I was learning this from my main guide and I learned how to open it up. I went out there. I started working as a professional intuitive, uh, did clearings, et cetera, et cetera. When I went out into the world to become a professional intuitive, that's when my guide said, I need you to take everything I trained with you over the last couple of years on how to open up your intuition. And I need you to put it together and bring it out into the world. And that's the birth of the sage method. I have never been able to get it shorter than seven weeks because <laughs> it's hard to take two years of training and put it into, into, you know, one day of courses. So it, it, it did end up being a very hefty course, a big, it's a larger course. Um, I mean, at this point it's, it's being taught globally online. Um, at this point, you know, it's won awards. And I think, I think that's because it's a more natural approach to intuition. It's not a course necessarily 95% of the people that take it, they're taking it for their own personal life, not to become a professional, but to use their intuition and get their own guidance. And the premise of it, the whole core of it, is that your intuition is already within you, already 100% strong. It's a matter of it being cluttered and covered and uh, seeing that clutter and seeing that the blinders and being able to consciously take that clutter away and the blinders away and open up what's already there. That approach has just been so effective that it kind of caught on like wildfire. Well, there's a reason for that. It, it works. Well, if you can take someone like me, <laughs> and I, you know, it's like a half joke, but it's half real. We're talking. So I am type A. I am a Taurus. I, it's been slightly suggested that maybe I'm stubborn, you know, and impatient. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they were talking about. Right. But it's true. It's true. I was just analytical, left-brained, all of that. To be able to experience intuition at the level that I can experience it, um, it, it, it makes sense. It just makes sense. And people walk through these seven weeks and come out of it going, whoa. And I'm like, I know, right? It's kind of fun. But, uh, you know. Well, you, it's a gold medal winner uh, for visionary awards. It's done a lot of a lot of good and a lot of different things for folks. Um, and I'm glad I'm glad you and your guide conspired to make it happen. I am too. I taught it in person for many years, and uh, and it was really it was enjoyable. It was wonderful. And then in 2019, my current guide came to me and said, you know, cause the course developed in 2008, you know, that was when I, that's when I first got my first round of guinea pigs. And I was like, can I see what will happen if you guys take this? And, uh, it was, it was really cool to watch. So I kept teaching it. And then 2019, my current guide said, Hey, we need you to put it online. We need you to, we need this to not be local anymore. We need this to go out online. And, um, it just took off. It just, it just took off. So that has to make you feel good. It does because I get I get to like follow up. I don't always get to follow up with everybody at this point because there's so many students at this point, but I get to hear what happens for people. I get to hear lives changing. I get to hear um, people grasping concepts and being able to get guidance at a level that they didn't they, they couldn't fathom before. And it's really exciting. So that actually brings me to the sage circle. So where are all these people talking and communicating? It's in the Sage Circle, which is an online spiritual community. And it's it's absolutely wonderful. I didn't have really anyone to ask questions of or to support me or, you know, whatnot. And so I was absolutely on fire when it came to building an online community that is open to all, all paths, all spiritual paths, all spiritual religious paths. And also unconditionally loving and just supportive of where what everyone's doing and how they're doing it, how it's unfolding. And so that online community is really cool. That's where I get to talk to people about what they're going through with the course and how it's going and things like this. And it's um it is a good job and I am ridiculous 
ridiculously grateful to have this job. And so basically what you, you do is you have got a group of people mm-hmm. who the uh, understanding between them, as I understand it, is that there's no judgment. Mm-hmm. Then you're open to everybody's experiences yep. and you honor everybody's experiences as if they were your own and, and you help provide, um, if nothing else, a sympathetic ear, sometimes a suggestion, sometimes a thought, but it's a, it's a community of, of like-minded people. And in our society right now, there is no, I mean, even in church, quite frankly, I went to a bunch of churches when I was growing up and even in church that doesn't exist. Yeah. Because even, even in the churches that I went to and including the the one that had 2,500 members and until the pastor was convicted of, of um, having sexual relations. Well, you know that story. It happens all the time. And, uh, but it's, people are, are understanding and they're working together and it's real and it's, it it makes you leave these things feeling uplifted. There aren't many places you can say that. There's not many places you can say that. And the thing that I really stand for greatly, you know, I do believe that there are going to be churches out there that are still community oriented, safe and loving. But the big thing that is is where I stand is the second you stop on your path to yell at somebody else or try to convince somebody else that they're on the wrong path, you've lost. You, you're frozen. You've completely disconnected from your spiritual connection. You, 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 you're missing it. You, you're completely missing it. And I use the analogy of a mountain. This is the analogy that I use in the Sage Circle is that we're all climbing a mountain. It's the same mountain, right? But we're all climbing it from different angles and different paths all over the mountain. We're all going to the same place. So if you stop on your hike to yell at somebody on a different path that they're on the wrong trail, you're completely disconnected from your own trail, from your own path, from the beauty that is right around you. The Sage Circle is a place where you don't stop on your path to tell somebody else they're wrong. But you might yell over to another path. Keep going. You're doing great. You know what I mean? And all of my teachings are based in, I don't want to say like like form that is, can be applied to people's paths. So I don't uh, line up with one particular like dogma or title or anything like that. Instead, I explain how intuition works, how the in-between works, how spiritual communication works, psychic development, all of that in 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 instructional directions instead of landing on any particular form of it and because of that people can take the tools from the sage method and apply them to the path that means so much to their own heart and that's that's what's that's what's really cool to see that's what's really cool to see is is there's a lot of people that will say this is what happened in my culture in my path and my, you know, and you'll have all these people all over the globe cheering that person on going way to go. Sometimes they're like, I don't understand it, but I love that you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yay! like, because we can't understand all paths. And then you also have people that will come into the, the circle and say, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. This is, this is what I'm dealing with in my culture or my path. And I'm struggling and people show up for that person. They show up just purely to love them. And that's kind of my, that's, that's my set of rules in the sage circle. (laughs) Well, and I love, I love number one that you're doing the sage circle. If somebody wants to join that, how do they do that? I keep everything in one location. The website is the sage method.com T H E S A G E method.com. And I keep, that's the hub. That's where you're going to be able to find all, you know, free courses, Sage Method course, uh, the circle, everything right there. Awesome. That, 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 so it's you make it really easy for folks. I do. I, do. <laughs> I, I, I wanted I wanted to ask you, as being a truly uh, intuitive person, 
I got the message the other day. Now, you know, this is Positive Talk Radio. I interview all kinds of different folks. Some are very spiritual. Some are having difficulties and are working through them in this life plane and doing what they're doing Mm -hmm. and doing the best that they can. And some are being victorious and they're just different things. I got the message the other day that because I had a question, I said, there are going to be some people who are very spiritually minded, but they're mm-hmm. going to talk in terms of the Palladians and the and the things and the other esoteric things that are really kind of out there. And I, the message that I got was disregard that. That doesn't help humanity today. That doesn't help the people that I were giving you to help and the, the, both the guests who come on and the, uh, and the people that are listening. So keep it real. Keep it within what's happening in the world today and how you can all work together for the betterment of it. Let the Palladians take care of themselves in 200 years or whatever that heck it is. Uh, whatever. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. And, you know, I know a big one is star seeds. I get that. There's, I, I try, this is how I explain it to my community. If there's a title that you feel drawn to, like Starseeds, Palladians, Atlantis, like fill in a whole bunch of them, right? If yep. there's a title that you feel drawn to, explore it. Please explore it. Understand the general teachings around it, but do not land. Do not do it. The minute you land on one particular title and say, this is what I am. This is how I'm connected. This is, you completely limit yourself to understanding the bigger version of you, the bigger version of you. And we as humans want to label things on linear time. That makes us feel safe, supported, seen, special, safe, supported, seen, special, a bunch of S's. It makes us feel a bunch of S's, right? Right. And, um, and it can be a little bit scary to, to say, I'm not, I'm not going to land on a title. I'm going to allow myself to stay in a space of unlimited possibilities. But you, but I tell people you have, you can, you have these moments where you hear people talk about these incredibly powerful moments that they have. They don't have those in a space of here's my title. Here's my structure. Here's my timeline. This is what I am. So when someone comes to me and says, oh, I'm a star seed. My response is, I love that you are acknowledging the alien component, meaning that you've had, you know, lifetimes in other planets. I love that. But don't go so far into Sarsi that you are some sort of particular alien race that's superior, that this is going to happen, that that's going to happen, that this is going to happen. You have now shut the doors to all of the possibilities that are out there for you in doing that. A hierarchy is human. It is, does not exist on the other side. If you sit with that and think about it for a while, that will open you up to a lot hierarchy is linear time based. You have to be a human with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, physical space to have hierarchy. Once we get out of the linear time, no one is like more special than someone else. (laughs) It's not, that's not how it works. Right. And we're all one and we're all together. And uh, I, 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 I love, by the way, I want to thank you because before we started this show, you said you were looking forward to this show. I hope that you still are looking that you've had a good time here. Yes. Yes. This is good stuff. It, it really is. And it's very important stuff. And yeah. I, I really appreciate you and, and you, you need to come back and we need to do this again. Will you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We always go deep and we always end up, you know, bringing out, little nuggets for people to chew on and think about. And that that's my jam. That's my jam, Kevin. That's my thing. Well, and, and I agree. I agree with you. All we can do is we can point out the things that, that are real and, 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 and stuff and let people make their own decisions because yeah. ultimately they get to, and it's, it's, it's like my mother. 
his, she's passed on now. She was a fundamentalist Christian. And mm-hmm. I saw her the other day, um, literally, uh, during a, a, a meditation session. And she's a lot younger now, and she's changed. She's yeah. no longer what she was. Yep. And that's, that's, a really, that's a really cool thing. So, she's free from the box and the label. Exactly. And that's where we all should strive to yeah. be, yes. free from the box and the label. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. I love you, Isabel uh, Maxwell. And go to thesagemethod.com. Find out all about her. Uh, I have another show I've got to go do, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell our audience anything you'd like them to know. Anything I'd like them to know. If you can start your day reminding yourself that you are a spirit having a human existence, you're going to start seeing things happen. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's and it. that's that's very well said. And, and it will. And I have one more thing for you. Yeah. And this is for our audience as well. A little nugget that I'd like to share with you. And that is when you get up tomorrow morning, set your alarm for five minutes earlier than you normally would. Mm-hmm. And then you get ready for work and you do all the stuff you got to do in the morning. And then I want you to walk outside and I want you to stand there. I want you to hear the silence. I want you to hear the cars. I want you to hear the wind. I want you to smell the the leaves changing. I want you to admire and 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 really enjoy this wonderful planet that we have. And and just spend a couple of minutes doing that. I guarantee you, and I think you'll you'll agree with me. Your day will be so much better if you start it with that nugget of hope and love for yourself and for the planet. And if you do that every day, your life will change. Exactly. So that's, that's, that's my little nugget today. Good nugget. (laughs) And, And is there anything else you'd like to add before I have to run away? Just a big thank you. It's always great to hang out because we let it go where it goes and good stuff comes of it. And I'm really grateful. I am too. And say hello to your guides. And uh, tell your tell your guys to talk to my guys, and we'll get together. Which I already have, by the way. We'll talk. I'll talk. My guys will talk. We'll reach out to your guys. It'll work out great. <laughs> yes, yes, ma'am. So, thank you very much, and thank you for listening to Positive Talk Radio. You stay there. I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.